Welcome down to this week's episode of Paddy Talks Golf, powered by Four Golf Custom, those beautiful people, the best in the business of custom fitting. And they fitted me with an absolute rocket ship of a Callaway Rogue driver, 28 yards, no messing, 28 yards longer. I played Carton House, the Monty this week, drove four of the power fours. No joke. So if you're looking for something like that, uh, they definitely do build better golfers. Head over to fourgolf.ie forward slash booking. Booking, pronounce your G's, Paddy, and uh, tell them Paddy sent you. Uh, they'll be super, super nice to you. They're super nice to everyone. Um, but yeah, this week's episode, it's been, it's been a month since episode 125, 125 of Stories from the Open. I hope you enjoyed that one. Uh, it seemed to go down pretty well. We, we reached like number two in the charts. <laughs> so close, but no cigar. But thanks everyone for pressing play so far. And I look forward to bringing you an episode every single Saturday, 10 a.m. through to through the Christmas week. So hold me accountable. Uh, speaking of holding people accountable, you may want to check out the private Facebook group Beyond Scratch. And if you can't find it, DM me. I'm going to make sure you get the link to it. It's all around, you know, getting better, you know, like-minded people like myself, kind of uh, looking to get better, lower their WHS, get maybe a bit fitter, like I put on 14, 15 pounds on that holiday in the States. So um, if you're looking for golf performance, um, you know, on-course drills, practice, then that might be the group for you. But before we go any further, before we get in, you know, get stuck into private Facebook groups any further, um, you press play to listen to this week's episode, which is all about Swiss Forge, a small family-owned business based in Northern Ireland, hand-forging all their putters, and they pride themselves on craftsmanship quality and the unique design of their clubs. Um, the traditional hand-forged nature of the putters and the 15 years of blacksmithing experience gives them a real understanding of the grain structure. And if you know me, you'll at this stage, you, you definitely know that I love finding out how things work. And, and Aaron walks us through that process and a certain putter for a certain um, golf movie celebrity, Bill Murray. So yeah, that's the interview coming up right after the new section to the podcast, The Calm. The Calm, the Calm section is, is for you. It's generally a Q&A section or, you know, it's the bit you contribute to, whether it's I throw questions on social media or you get in touch with me via the contact me form on www.paytalksgolf.com pick up some hats and stuff while you're there but yeah this is the bit where we chat through what you guys want to chat about and uh before i went on holiday i saw a rankings of the all the courses in the republic of ireland put together by top 100 golf courses based in the uk and it kind of triggered me and i put out on social media at the time you know give me your top five courses in the republic of Ireland, and these are your replies. So James Earl Esquire uh, came back with two. Obviously, no, no, no others count. It's Barry Bunyan and the Island. Kev Master J, Port Marnock, Mount Juliet, Druids Glen, Leigh Hinch, Barry Bunyan, Darren Miller Ford, Barry Liff and Glashidi, Cairn, Bailiff and Old, Port Salan, Carton House O'Mara, and that's the order that he has them in. Ed Hagen underscore Brady, Ross's Point, just has the one. And by all accounts, I've not been to Ross's Point, but by all accounts, it's number one in a lot of people's books. Jamie Travers won Cairn, Old Port Marnock, Ennis Crone, the island, and the Port Marnock links. Rolando Steve, of those that he's played, Port Rush, Ross's Point, County Loud, Baltray, The Heritage, Merva, Burke 91, Tralee, Cairn, um, ETXP 85, uh, Port Marnock, St. Pat's, or St. Patrick links, up in Rossapenna, Baltray, the island, Cairn, 
Mark Sheehan, Old Head, Bally B, Old, then the Cashin, then Wardwell, then Tralee. K-Mac, Ike Keelan, with a great time in Melodicon there a few weeks ago. He has Lahinge, Waterford, Baltray, Port Marigold, Tralee. Wayne Kelly, 923724, Waterford, Ballybunion, Tralee, Adair Manor, Mount Juliet. So as you can see, a lot of these courses are up for repetition. We're seeing Lahinge a lot, we're seeing Port Marnock a lot, we're seeing Cairn, Ross's Point, Baltray, the island. And if you go to top 100 golf courses uh, for the Republic of Ireland, um, you know, those courses are you know, 10th plus. Um, Kieran Collins violin again, played golf with Kieran in, uh, in Paris town at the start of August. Hasn't played them all, so how should he know? Uh, exactly, so how can you rank courses that you haven't played? Um, and I, I'm hoping to get top 100 on in the next few weeks to establish, you know, the ranking criteria and how they come up with these things. Colm Campbell, serial winner this year in the, the amateur series around Ireland. Le Hinch, Cork Golf Club, a good Mackenzie trend so far. The Island, Port Marnock and Baltray. Derek Reds has Port Marnock. Um, who else have we? Steve O'Paul, Tralee, Waterville, Hinch, Billy Liff and Ballybunion. And it goes on. McDonald's Six, the European Club, Tralee, Old Head, The Island, Waterville. James MCC 89, Tralee, uh, Cairn, Le Hinch. He hasn't played a dare, he mentions. Uh, Carver, Gunnar, Henry. Clean Castle. Palmer South, Mount Julius, Enniscrow and Hedford New. There's a Chinese tour event in Hedford New a couple of years ago. Uh, Nyagori, Le Hinch, Carlo, the old K Club, Adair, Cork Golf Club, Mike Kelly, Carlo, Tullamore, K Club North, Port Marnock, the island. So as you can see, there's a, like a recurrence in, in which golf courses people are saying are the, uh, the top five, let alone the top 10 and 20. Um, M4A13, Le Hinch, Tralee, Waterville, Doombeg, Old Head, in order from Butcherboy, Tralee, Old Head, Baltray, Adair, Hogs Head. Jay's Butcherboy, let me know how you got on to Hogs Head. Um, a man with contacts, it seems. And uh, Ronan O'Keefe, Tralee, Waterville, Ross's Point, Mount Julius, and it's grown. So as you can see, the calm, you folks, um, really keen on your golf, um, Le Hinch. Tralee, Waterville, Ross's Point, Dennis Crone, the Ballyliffins, the Port Marnocks, the Port Marnock Links, Baltray, you know, Mount Juliet is there, the Caicos in there. Um, look at the, the Sunday timesheet that goes out tomorrow morning. We may reference it. We, we'll send you the link to the top 100. And uh, yeah, we'll look to some continued feedback and looking forward to getting the guys on. Aaron Leacher, you're ready to tee it up. I am indeed. Aaron, many people might know you from your first name. I had to Google it. I knew your name was Aaron, but I didn't know yeah. the surname was Leach. Are you any relation to the greenkeeper down in Castle Gregory? No, Sam I am Leach. not. No, afraid not, afraid not. <laughs> but most people would know you as Swift's Forge. Can you tell us more about that as a start? Swift's Forge, what are we talking about? So Swift's Forge, I guess the name of the business, uh, studied blacksmithing over in Hereford. That was 17 years ago now. Done a degree in artist blacksmithing. Um, and they set you up basically when you finish to to run a business. No, you're doing your degree. It's not just paperwork. Not you're physically set up there with all the knowledge you need, portfolio to get going. And the Swifts used to nest in my workshop. And obviously every spring they'd be nesting there, and they'd mess all over my anvils. You know, so right, we're gonna name it after them. So that's that's sort of where it started um, as a general blacksmith. And um, yeah, I suppose it took us 15 years to really find our niche of where we are now. So, before we go any further, I generally ask this question to everyone. What's your earliest memory of golf, Aaron? Earliest memory? I guess I was about seven, six or seven. 
and we lived in Black Rock at the time in Cork. And my dad took me to Douglas, and I remember taking one of his really long—I don't know what it was a pitching wedge or something like that—and he just put me on the on the little practice area for an hour. I just remember absolutely loving it. So he would take me uh, to the golf course quite a bit, and uh, yeah, that was my earliest memory. <laughs> Deadly. And where did blacksmithing come out of? Because when I was growing up, I I grew up in the Burren in County Clare, 100 square miles of limestone rock. Um, so I often say it's in the middle of nowhere and the centre of everything. But basically, if you wanted to stay local in college in the Burren, you had two options. I think it was basket weaving and I don't know the other, but basket weaving was <laughs> what would keep you local. It was about 190 points in the leaving cert. What calling um, did blacksmithing give you, Aaron? I guess it was art college. So after school, I knew I wanted to do art and technology. Went to do my foundation degree over in Cornwall. Uh, my grandparents live in St. Austell there. Uh, my granddad always, he was a master late turner. My uncle was an engineer or is an engineer. So I always had metal to play with as a medium. And I made a sculpture in art college. I literally took apart metal cabinets, used up all their really expensive metal supplies and built this life-size rock band out of steel. I was getting the hot and bending it and shaping it. Didn't know what I was doing. And they ended up buying this off me for a grand. As a 17-year-old, you know, that was amazing. I bought a motorbike, bought an Xbox, had fuel money for the whole summer because it was... All like, the priorities, the motorbike All the priorities, you know. <laughs> but I thought, do you know what? Maybe I could do this for a living. And I, I find a degree in artist black, uh, yeah, in artist blacksmithing after that. And it was just, even from a second year of uni, or from the end of my first year, um, we were doing shows, uh, craft events, um, get commissions for things. Um, but I just love turning something cold and lifeless, lifeless, you know, just that cold piece of steel or bronze or whatever it is, and giving it energy and movement whenever you manipulate it, you know, making it what you want it to be, not being stuck by, you know, fabrication techniques where you have to stick it together. You know, we can actually change the form. And that really appealed to me. Uh, given some old life, which is why we use wrought iron now. It's even older. It's got so much history behind it. We can turn something that's had 100 years of work behind it, be it an old cart axle or an old wrought iron pickaxe or something like that, and we can forge it into something beautiful because of how the structure is in the wrought iron, but also it can have a use again. You know, It can have another 100 years behind it. So that, that really appeals to me. So that's what sort of makes blacksmithing tick in my head. That's brilliant. Uh, we first got in touch, it was about a year ago, actually. It was. Um, 2021, geez, the years are flying by, 2021. I, I was on, I was going to say 2020. Um, I was do, I got my uh, four-day hall pass and I played a few courses up up in the, the northern uh, Northern Ireland there, Arglass to Ballyliffin, and, and you said, oh, you're, you're in my area, do you want to pop out? And I think my schedule was so defined by tea times, I didn't have the opportunity. So where exactly is, is the forge, Aaron? So the forge is in Island McGee. It's about 35 miles north of Belfast. Um, I guess for that's, yeah, 35 miles north of Royal Belfast. Um, and we're about an hour and a half south of Royal Portrush. We're right on the coast there. Um, and it's a lovely little nine-hole um, Lauren Golf Club just down the road from us where I go and practice, you know, test the clubs out and whatnot. But it's, uh, yeah, right on the coast, views of Scotland. It's beautiful. So are you on the, the kind of the coastal route between Port Rush and what's the what's the Skittery the Skittery Bridge, the Carrigarada Rope Bridge? Are you around that area? Oh no, we're well south of that. Um okay. we're yeah, between Belfast. We're right on the coast. We're on a little peninsula. You only go there if you go in there, you can't drive past it. You know. <laughs> um so not 
not too many people about this beautiful, but yeah, we're, we're, we're a little bit further down. Neil Carrick-Fergus, have you heard of that? I have, you know. I know the song as well. Um, you said it took you a, few, a number of years, 15 odd years, to find your niche. Uh, tell us what the niche is, Aaron. Well, the niche now, it's hand-forged putters. I guess 15 years of developing processes you know anybody can make anything out of steel it could just take longer but 15 years to really refine those skills down and really find what i'm passionate about making and i guess what i enjoy making regardless of what the outcome is is having something that's not just beautiful to look at but it's functional i want it to work well i, I hate making things that can only be hung on a wall um like our, our, our putters now that we make they're functional they fit within rna guidelines they play well um i surprisingly putt really well with them and we've had some people putt really well with them um so yeah 15 years of being a blacksmith to be able to refine those skills down into a smaller set of skills and really develop those and and have an outcome that has so much potential there's as far as the research that we've done we're the only ones in the world completely hand forging our putters from start to finish, at least professionally, and we're the only ones using wrought iron. Now, there are other companies that use forging processes. Forged in in the golf world is more than likely drop forged, you know, under a machine that's pressed out three times forged, and you see the 3X forged in some clubs and stuff like that. That just means it's been struck three times. It's been stamped. Uh, yes, yeah, it's, it's, it's stamped. It's stamped. And there's nothing wrong with that. It still affects the grain structure um, in a positive way. And it's a, I don't know, it's Fujimoto golf they do it three times um and basically the third time you're almost work hardening that material the cooler it gets the more stress is put on the material but you can do that in a controlled way to be beneficial to the club as well um but what we're doing isn't just bending a piece of steel to make it fit this die and squishing out we're physically manipulating it we're looking at the grain structure wrought iron isn't like steel or mild steel it actually has a fibrous structure in there when you're making something out of it you have to look where those grains are, where that those fibers flow, um, because you could forge it in a way that's detrimental. But you also, whenever you etch it, you want to make sure that that grain structure flows all the way from the hosel to the end of your putter. There, you know, we, we can control that a little bit as well. That sounds really, really intriguing because my background is finding out how stuff works. You know, um, I never say I'm an engineer, but technically, I am, I am an engineer. But I wouldn't come anywhere. I wasn't the best in in metalwork or if there's any americans listening in shop uh, that wouldn't have been my preferred my preferred practical um how so it was in prototype status about a year ago how has things progressed to today yeah well i suppose the last sort of five years i've been wanting to make golf clubs or thinking about designing but never really had the opportunity to put the time in to develop them it's like when you're self-employed you know you think right gotta pay the bills next week got this commission got this commission you just go for it so COVID really gave us that time of prototyping. Um, so it was working out really what works and what doesn't. Um, you can look at a golf club and not understand why things are the way they are. So it takes a lot of research and a lot of talking and, you know, bending people's ears, trying to get the right information, um, bringing up the RAA, RNA, sorry, um, with a whole load of questions, hoping they'll help you out. And, you know, they're so nice. Loads of info. They, they want to see, you know, innovation and something new coming in. Um, so we're at the point now where I have two random pieces of steel at different sizes and I can finish two putters there, the ones we just made um, for Ross Penner there, and they're one gram apart. You know, to be handmade and be one gram apart, you know, I'm pretty happy with that. Um, so we're, 
we're getting there for sure. So we're every putter's one of one. You know, they're all going to be slightly different. Um, we don't want to batch. You know, we want to make something exclusive for every every client, every customer knows that that's the only one out there. You know, so that's sort of where we are. You remind me of surfboards. Sorry, now I've got a complete tangent, but um, any if you're if anyone's into surfing and having frequented Le Hinch now and then, if you go over the fence, you, you end up on a beach. If you go OB in Le Hinch, you're on the beach with the surfers. But for a few years, I did surf. And um, what you're doing reminds me of the shaping of surfboards, which is mm-hmm. all done by hand. So if it's Quicksilver, it's it's stamped out of a block and yep. they stamp out about 500 of them at a time. My uncle used to make surfboards. Yeah. So if you're into surfing, uh, you get your shaped so yeah. you're you're shaping putters. So yeah, you oh, can take sure. it as a tagline if you want for for the marketing front. That's um, it. But you're doing a fair bit of travel now between getting the getting putters in hands, and is that to pro shops or is that bespoke pieces or how does it work, Aaron? Both, I suppose. Like speculate to accumulate. We want to build relationships. I don't want to just go ring up Golf Club and say, "Look, there's this new product available. Buy five, put them on your shelves." We want people to see them. There's only, the only way to really tell our stories for people to listen to it, to see how they're made, to feel the clubs, to look at the structure. We don't want people just to trust something that's typed up on the website. You know, that's important. That's the first impression. But we want to build those relationships in in the industry um, and want people to actually believe and understand, you know, about what we're doing, um, which is quite important. So, yes, we're traveling. We're sponsoring putters where we can. Like, don't get me wrong, we're a small family business. You don't make money sponsoring putters, you know. Um, but I think it's important to build those relationships. So I guess our first major one was Royal Portrush. Uh, Gary McNeil and Charlene up there, the pros, so nice, so passionate about supporting local business, um, but also something that's handmade locally as well for their industry. And they're ordering ball markers off us. Um, we have a rack with our putters up there. And we're starting to get orders now um, without having to travel around. Um, we just got a lovely order there with Royal St. George's uh, for ball markers and, and to be over there and to, you know, to chat about what we're doing. Um, so we're developing, I guess, our, our product and in, in who we're targeting. It's We still define out what our business model is, but the more we make, the more we realize we're not trying to exclude people by how much the putters cost. But the fact that they cost us a certain amount to make, we're already past the, you know, not the regular golfer, it's the wrong term, the domestic market, the local market. It's it's people that want something that reflects their lifestyle and what they want to show, like a really nice watch. Well, that watch still has to work really well. You know, you don't just spend money because it's got diamonds on it, you know. So we want to be able, where well, we are. A bright thing, a bright thing still tells the time. <laughs> That's it, yes, as does a Casio, you know. But um, when you want to, <laughs> yeah, yeah. want people to be able to show off, you know, and that's not a bad thing. If they want it to reflect who they are or what they represent, it's a company or a profession or their, their their personal lifestyle. That's what we want to do, and I think that's the way forward with what we're doing. Um, so they'll start at a certain price point, but the sky's the limit. We have a, a great guy in England, a good university friend who's a goldsmith. He makes stuff. He makes stuff for the royal family and celebrities that have to rent their stuff because it's too much so he's going to be able to incorporate in our design we're not just going to add stuff to bling our putters up we're going to design each putter and incorporate it could be gold platinum set stones within the sight lines we don't just want to i know you see people shining up their putters putting nice paint fills on and using 
Swarovski crystals and stuff. We don't want to do that. We want it to tastefully, um, you know, design our pieces. And I think that's the only way forward because how much they already cost us to make. We, we were in that price bracket where we were too cheap for the luxury market, too expensive for the domestic market. So we just thought, go for it. And that's sort of where we are. Some potential investors now. We're aiming for a few of the Middle Eastern golf clubs who are interested in us making exclusive golf putters for their clubhouses um, to target their clients. Um, got some interest in the States and England and Ireland as well. There's some amazing clubs here um, with the same sort of clientele. But we still want to be accessible to everyone who's shown us support so far. We just didn't really realize that we were working at a loss when we were making putters for this market. <laughs> but my wife makes head covers using local materials. Um, we have the ball markers, divot tools. Uh, my wife's developing some Sunday bags at the minute using it's a great local company that makes oil cloth and wax cloth and local wools and stuff like that. So we have some really nice products that you know people can still be involved in our business um, to support you know the putters and where we want them to be. You remind me of, uh, and I don't know his full name, Akbar in Seamus Golf. Yeah, um, I've never met the man, but just on how he, he speaks about his business, I have heard and um, the type of products they produce. I don't think they'd be as um, um, earthy is the wrong word, but as original as yours. Um, there is a, a, some level of, you know, mass production there. But uh, just the way, I suppose your respect for materials and local providers, not just your own, but, you know, um, oil and canvas makers nearby um, just strikes me as, yeah, that's it's definitely an area of, of the golf game considering how heavy it is like golf courses are on, <laughs> on, 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 um, you know, supplies and machinery yeah. and stuff, you know, that this is the size of the game that people can look at in terms of the sustainability aspect massively. Oh, for sure. Um, I'm was looking through your Instagram as I do now and then a, the photography on, on product was really, really good. So I'm always looking at oh, what lens did they use there? You know, how did they put that together? Bill Murray features now and then. Can you explain what, how did the relationship with, with Bill Murray come about? Yeah, you know, that was our first, I guess, break, like uh, as far as um, social media goes um, anyway, and, you know, that sort of opportunity. It was Tom Kennedy from um, Experience Ireland Golf and Travel. Um, my wife had been in contact with him, and we'd agreed to sponsor some putters for like the social media cup and you know the is it the four links um that he does and he's like Aaron now we're bringing over someone pretty special would you like to sponsor a putter like there's there's no money in it but there's some good publicity for a for an American celebrity I can't really tell you who it is and I'm like, yeah that sounds amazing great opportunity really appreciate that he says okay I'll send you over some paperwork non-disclosure thinking all that just to sign things he's like well, it's a he's a golfer actor I'm like well it's one of two people isn't it it's either Adam Sandler or uh, or Bill Murray he says, well, he's sort of 80s. I was thinking, right, okay, I know who that is. So we looked at what sort of putter he plays with and whatnot, and we were told just make something traditional. So we made a, a lovely sort of heel-shafted 1930s, but with modern weighting um, and loft, you know, on the putter. And um, we were invited down to Druid's Glen, um, it's below Dublin there, uh, to meet him. And they came off the bus, just like a normal bunch of American, I'm not going to say tourists, just a big American family coming off this bus. There was no security, no one pushing you out of the way. They were happy to talk to everyone. It's just such a nice bunch of people, the whole lot of them, all the family and friends there. Um, so we made um, like little press packs, their business cards, way too big divot tools that look like weapons, and these handmade ball markers uh, that my wife made. 
and uh, presented each of them with one of those. And um, we were asked last minute by Joel, Bill's brother, uh, through Tom Coyne and Tom Kennedy to make a trophy, or if we could make a trophy, and we had two weeks. And by the time they sort of agreed on what to be done, we had a week to make this trophy. So we made this lovely oak base with one of my prototype putters on top with seven of the native virus, you know, tree species, the leaves scattered around as if it was sort of an autumnal green with your putter sitting on top. And um, it was the Ed Murray um, sort of memorial. Um, you know, his brother passed away the year before and they were doing this family trip to represent that um, family get together, but also to promote golf in Ireland to, uh, through the, the tourist board. Um, so it's great opportunity, super nice. Had the day with them, watched them all tee off um and away i went brilliant thought i wish i had more time with them you know we had breakfast with everyone and had some really good chats and we were at the four links and then a scroll a week later right with tom kennedy he's like you know bill's staying down the road i said no that's brilliant i uh, wish i could have you know made arrangements to go see him he said oh well we've actually got your room so he put us up in mount falcon estate little did i know i knew the owner of the estate already i met him at the isps handler that year um and we were brought down into a wedding, someone's wedding, where basically they put this table up in the middle, gave us all a big, long two rows, I think, at the front of the wedding, um, at the reception, the bride in the back, everyone looking shocked. And there's me with the whole Murray clan, um, and musicians up there and stuff. And the owner came up and says, oh, Karen Leach, brilliant, nice nice to see you again. I'm like, how do I know this person? You know, the, the owner of Mount Falcon Estate. And he said, yep, free bar, free food, you know, as much as you want, but so nice, nicest person. But it was great to be able to hang out with everyone there, make some good relationships with, uh, with the family, um, as much as you can. Um, it's important to us not to, you know, we didn't ask for photographs or, um, you know, no selfies or autographs or anything like that. Just I wanted, a, if there was going to be any sort of relationship, I wanted it to be genuine. So that was an amazing experience there. So it's nice to be able to, to catch up with people. I know you noticed on Instagram there, we put up a post the other day just thanking everyone because that was a real push for us. Before we knew it, we were on BBC Local, BBC 24, and then Global. Apple News covered it, and I kept seeing these pop-ups with my name coming up when I was Googling uh, just to see if you made any impact. And uh, one of Bill's friends came to us that night and says, you know, you've made more impact on the bloody news than we have been here. You know, <laughs> uh, I couldn't believe it. It was an amazing experience. No, it's a good story, and and I suppose it's it's a lesson as well in terms of if you're respectful of people and their and for their time as well in terms of you know oh I'll be able to get a picture. It would have just been been a media moment for you in his eyes, rather than yeah. you know look, looking to to build a, like you said a general relationship. Are you working on anything exciting more recently or lately, or something for Christmas presents for people maybe? Um, we are can't believe I said Christmas it's oh honest. I know it's scary it's not even Halloween there's Halloween and Christmas stuff in the shops here <laughs> um, nothing admit, we have a few commissions in um, for Christmas we have some potential investors who want, us get, want to get us over to the Middle East we are planning to do the PGA, PGA merchandise show in Orlando this year or next year January um, so we're really working towards that we're, at the minute we're focusing to get our ball markers into maybe five or six local venues, um, UK and Ireland uh, venues. Um, there are 
not to speak in a business way, they're a cash cow, really. They're they're the thing that sell really well, especially if the if the golf club's logo was on there, Port Rush, for example. In three days, the first order sold out. You know, um, people want to do that. They're not stamped out. They're not mass produced. You know, they're all. We try and source our materials locally, whether it's maritime bronze and brasses, stuff like that. So if we can get into a few of those. That's going to help finance the PJ Merchandise Show, which is really going to push us out there. We have some nice commissions. We made a putter, as you saw recently, for Paul McGinley and for the amateur champion, um, uh, Sylvia. Um, can't remember her last name. It's awful. Uh, I tried to find her on Instagram. She doesn't even have an Instagram, but she was so nice. Um, so we had a great week up at Rossa Penna there last week in Donegal. And Paul and his, his PA, Emma, were so nice, so appreciative. And everyone's looking for his attention. Um, Emma came up after. She said, give me your business card because I'm going to make sure Paul watches your bio video because he's so busy. So many people around him. Like Emma threw us next to him to get a photo pushing Daniel O'Donnell out of the way so that we could get a photo, you know. That, that's was, another claim to fame. I was, oh, was in Donegal, Daniel O'Donnell would push out of a photo. No, that's it. I know. <laughs> it's brilliant. But they're all so nice. And, you know, Brendan O'Carroll was up there with his wife and he played the full week. So it's really nice to be part of that experience. I'm usually on the other side of the ropes of them at an event, but they gave us clubhouse passes for the week. So to not have to worry about, food carts and vendors and stuff you can just go up have your lunch have a few drinks uh walk it's a completely course, different experience isn't it it's a completely so different, different experience so much more relaxed i think you're not having to move with the crowds you can just walk around and you get to know the security um you can get the occasional cart trip for free here and there you know they can ferry you around a little bit nice parking so it made yeah it made the difference up there it's, i guess it's part of the industry we want to be i don't want to be stuck in a workshop the whole time i want to be able to talk to people and explain I don't want to hire someone to do this for me. You know, I want to be involved. And I think that's the way to build relationships and um, get people to yeah, become patrons or, or at least sort of acknowledge your work that way. Well, what I'd be saying is to anybody for Christmas or or maybe in advance, if they want something nice in their pro shop to, to get whoever buys their gear for the pro shop to get on to Switch Forge because the, the markers, for example, I only saw it on Instagram and I was like, I want 10 of those. You know what I mean? Yeah. Look really, really clean, really, really quality. And I can't wait to see what those bags are going to be like. So there seems uh, to be loads in the pipeline up in that part of uh, the north and, and this part of that part of Ireland to uh, to look forward to. Oh, definitely for sure. Well, the Sunday bags are looking looking well. We and my wife made a prototype just so we could carry our putters around up at Rossapenna. And I had to rush back to Port Rush for the Thursday. Uh, we had a, a round at the valley at Port Rush with the with investors and the caddy was eyeing up the bag, so he's actually putting an order in for one. And we haven't even tested out the proper strapping and stuff. So we're going to do a nice leather two strap. There's a great local leather guy. Um, just some beautiful leather aprons, workshop aprons. We actually won one of his on Instagram last year. 150 quid for this leather apron. It's beautiful. Um, so we're going to get him to do all our lovely leather fixtures and, and handles and what on the Sunday bag. And yeah, my wife's going to sew them up. They're personalizable. Um, Maybe I think we're going to line them with maybe a sheep's wool, um, nice and fleecy in there, keep everything clean. And yeah, the nice oil skin or oil oil canvas or oil cloth on the outside, keep them waterproof. You just need a cover. But yeah, definitely. They're, they'll be available. Hopefully around Christmas, they should be available. So put in your orders now. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Or put in your, uh, you, you, you might have to release some on uh, pre-order. Yes, I <laughs> think so. I think that's what we're going to do. A bit like Tyson Lamb, you know, he's been our sort of inspiration as far as how you run the business, not what we make, because 
Yeah, we still see and sees his putters, but he makes sure that he ha- he's involved in every process. And it's different. We're not looking to compete with the luxury makers out there or the industry makers. We're just trying to offer something different and alternative. And like everyone offers something amazing on there. Some amazing makers out there. We just want to be part of that. I think we can offer something different. And uh, yeah, we'll see where it goes. We're going to keep pushing it. Absolutely. And like you said, you're looking at the kind of industry leaders to learn from, not not to copy what to learn from. I suppose that's what you do in any line of business, um, especially in my experience as well. Like you look at who, if it's in sales, look at who's top of the sales leaderboard. What are they doing that I'm not? What yeah. can I learn from them? Like oh, you mentioned sure. Tyson Lamb. That's that's someone I follow on Instagram. I don't know, for maybe six years. And six years yeah. ago, he was in his, was it his parents' garage? With with hand hand crafting them, lamb crafted, yeah, uh, and now he's building out. He's building out his own facility, state of the art in Texas, uh, in, there, isn't it? In, in five to six years, so, so oh for sure, he took out a loan for. I think it's easier in the states to get to put yourself in debt to, for a business that's going to work. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. You know, I think it was a hundred grand, wasn't it, for for a CNC? Started making yeah, belt yeah, buckles, yeah. and then he uh, made a putter for someone, and it took off, and then he went to a million turnover whatever he's doing now but there's still uh, you know uh, and he, he i guess he acknowledges that there's still some batch production there has to be in that you know if you want to make that sort of turnover and have employees and a bigger facility that's what you're going to do but he's he stated i think that he always wants to be involved in every process and that's what people pay for this for that maker it's like the scotty studio selects or whatever you know yeah. that's he's put his stamp on there he may add you know five six grand for doing that um but that's what people want and that's what you got to cater for and I think that's what we're going to do as well. There's some, there's amazing people. We were speaking to the owner of Lab Golf. Um, yeah. Started following us on Instagram. Super nice guys. And they were just like, really love what you're doing. Keep doing what you're doing. Don't copy what the industry's doing. Don't make, don't make a ping answer or no, there's a reason people do that because it's an amazing butter. It works really well, you know, um, but offer something different is what he said. And you'll get people who want your stuff. Um, keep making something different there's a few others i think geom golf and stuff like that um are specifically working on their own designs and pushing that um so that's what we're sort of striving to do is you know just yeah innovate um and as long as they function well and they feel nice rod iron is such a beautiful material when you hear it and you feel it it's not like anything else available and you have to feel it to to understand that no, it's no, and then this handcrafted that is, and especially that's Irish. I, I'm definitely all about that. And then you add in golf into the mix, and it's an absolute no brainer for me. Yeah. Um, Aaron, quick fire QA time. Are you ready? Go for it. What would your walk on song be? Iron Man. Good bit of Aussie. <laughs> uh, I, I should have guessed that. Uh, Jim or pizza? Oh, pizza. Hat, visor, or bucket hat? Ooh, hat. Happy Gilmore or tin cup? Happy Gilmore. Gotta be. Walk or cart? Walk. Win the Open or win the Masters? Mm. The Open. Instagram or Twitter? Instagram. Play or practice? Ooh, play. A1. And the this is my favourite question. This kind of brings out people's interests, their loves, and it's kind of a scenario-led question. So we'll say, what what, what scenario will we put you in there? We'll say you're after the Open. Is it 2025 or 2027? 2025, isn't it? 2025 in, in Portrush. Yep. Uh, switch forward, stand there. 
uh, you're planning, having a great week. It's the Monday evening after, and you're planning dinner, and you can have who, whatever six people you want at it. So you're the head of the table. You have three people down the left, three people down the right. Who is at Swift's Forge candlelit dinner? Oh, has to be my wife. Don't want to get in trouble. Um, you're one of the few who, who has put the wife or the partner first. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, well, do you want, she's 50, 60% of my business, you know, would be here with later. Um, well, now you're asking. I think the people that have supported us the best, um, Tom Kennedy, um, let's take Bill Murray in there. Uh, now you're asking. I can't even think now. Gary McNeil, head pro there, Royal Port Rush. How many have we got left? You have two left. Two left. Two left. Who are we going to get? And it's oh. a customer you want to have, maybe? Customer we want to have. Yeah, let's get Adam Sandler there. Just for fun. You know, he's going to be brilliant. One more. One more. Who are we going to have? Oh, now you're asking. If I could, I'd have my granddad there. You know, he's no longer with us, but I think we'd have my granddad there. He'd be so proud. Aaron Leach Swiss Forest thank you very much for your time it's been really really insightful for me it's really indulgent for me to speak with someone about how they make something how how something works and how you're building a brand look forward to meeting you in person must do that I I have plans to trip up to trip up north uh, shortly too and and we might tee it up for real yeah sounds good I'll be awful but I'll follow your lead (laughs) Aaron thanks a minute cheers Rob I hope you enjoyed that episode with Aaron of Swift's Forge and if you are thinking, Jesus, Paddy's audio has got an awful echoey, um, it has a little bit, I'm literally here, under a light kind of throw that you put in the couch, trying to make things better, because we moved into the garden room, the garden studio, and uh, yeah, rather than having the two-year-old running around the sitting room screaming, I thought maybe a little bit of echo uh, would be sustainable. So, needless to say, some acoustic treatment needs to be done here. If you have any advice, let me know. Look at those Accu panels I have. But um, thank you for pressing play and persevering with the um, shoddy echo, more so on the intros and outros, to be honest. Zoom treated us well this week. But uh, if you want to know more about Swiss Forge, it's Swiss Forge on our website, Facebook, and our Instagram is really shit hot photography, to be quite honest. And um, thank you all for pressing play. Give me some feedback on tomorrow's Sunday timesheet, and I look forward to press and play again next week next Saturday 10am with Marty Carr CEO of Carr Golf Travel and Carr Golf Maintenance and Golf Club Management Services and all that it's a really good chat really really enjoyable it gives us some really good insight on both sides of the business so yeah you've that look forward to next week over and out until we teed up again soon I'm Paddy I'm Paddy